Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with me today. Today is about truth. It's about God waiting for us to tell the truth. It's a great study we've been in. God is waiting on you. The question is, how long has he been waiting? He waited 75 years for Abraham to get started. He waited another 120, 100 years, so almost 100 years, <laughs> I get this right, 100 years uh, to have a baby. He was not ready until he was 75. He was not ready until he was 100 years old to have a baby. That's one baby, not two, just one. He had to grow through all kinds of distractions. We've had a lot of fun talking about this, but today we're going to talk to you about something else. We're going to talk about lies, two lies he told that held him up. Those lies held him up in his life, and I tell you, they can hold you up in your life. So you stay right there with me. It's going to be great. We start with a powerful word that will bless your life. If you like it, link it and send it to a friend. Enjoy the word. I'll be back to pray for you at the end. Stay there. Glad you're back. Listen, today... I want to first of all say I'm excited about this series because it has really been good. This is a series and the graphic really tells a story. A guy looking at his watch and the question for the month is, is God waiting on you? And how long has he been waiting? Sometimes God's been sitting there saying, you know, it's been a while. I've been trying to get your attention and have not been successful. This, there are four parts to this sermon that have been just incredibly important. The first sermon uh, dealt with God is waiting for you to get ready to start. Because we talked about Abraham taking 75 years to just start, 75 years. Second sermon we talked about waiting for me to manage the distractions. God's waiting for you to get past distractions in your life. Sometimes there are things in your life that get in the way. This sermon talks about lying. God's waiting for you to tell yourself the truth. And sometimes if you're lying to yourself and you're not telling yourself the truth, God has to wait for you to stop lying to yourself. And then the last sermon we'll deal with God's waiting to give you his best. Now, if he wants to get the best to you, my argument is, are there things in your life that make that impossible where God can't? We'll talk about that next time. Look at your Bibles, if you would, please. Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. I want to talk about two times in the Bible that the Bible describes Abraham lying. He was a very um, uh, nice guy, did a lot of great things, but there were two times in his life, and I think even three. Uh, we're not going to talk about it today, but when he... Uh, his wife, and he came with a plan to have a baby, uh, and, and he took his handmaiden and, and had a baby with her, and somehow that was going to be his son, adopted son or whatever, or his biological son through her because his wife couldn't have children. God promised him that he would have a child, but he, uh, he bought into the lie uh, that somehow he, this was the best route, and that's a whole other story we're not going to deal with today. But all of us can relate to this. We've all lied to ourselves. We've all been bought into some scenario, uh, compromised in some way, uh, thought we can charge up a bunch of stuff and then have to pay for it. We thought we could, you know, go to work late and not have to be penalized. We have a lot of stories. We abuse friendships, maybe abuse relationships. Some of you were maybe unfaithful in a relationship. And so all of a sudden things just collapse around you and you can't ignore the fact that you knew better. And you just basically lied to yourself. There are two times when he did lie to himself. And I thought it was impressive to look at this because he's just gotten to the promised land and a famine comes up. And he finds himself at this disadvantaged moment. Look at chapter 12, verse 10 of Genesis. Now, there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. So this is a season where two things are evident. He's at a disadvantage because he obviously didn't have enough resources to make it in Canaan. So he has to leave and go to Egypt. Times of disadvantage, 
tempt you to do things you shouldn't do. And if you're not careful, it'll tempt you to lie to yourself. So please picture he's in a time of disadvantage and he's in a time of famine. Need can, can, can trick you into lying to yourself where you won't tell yourself, yourself the truth. This is a guy who has now deceived himself. He's bought into this lie. He's got into this whole, well, you know, I guess it's okay. Let's go down here to Egypt. And I'm not in any way saying that that was a bad move. His response to it was, watch what happens. It's interesting. Uh, verse 11, as he, as, he, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. A couple of things I want you to think about. Number one, he's telling the truth halfway. This is his half sister. So that's true. And back in those days, few people in the world, you end up marrying sometimes within the family and he's marrying his half sister. Now, what's amazing is this is a guy who is um, a bit um, kind of, I guess, do they call it in England dodgy. You know, he's kind of being kind of dodgy, kind of suspicious, not quite honest, kind of, and he's, he's throwing out this scenario to her and say, hey, you know, they're going to kill me. So I want you to notice that that's, that's a real challenge you face. But then notice the second thing I want you to notice. She's 65 years old and fine. <laughs> she is 65 years old. She was 10 years younger than him. He's 75, she's 65. And now it's amazing to be 65 and so good that people will kill for you. I mean, this is a good looking woman. And what's amazing is she maintains her beauty all of her life. When the Bible describes her, and the second line is going to be tied to the same issue. She's still good looking and she's going to be in her 80s then. This is a profound example of how God can preserve you. And, and so she, she, she goes with him, and they basically tell this lie. Verse 14, when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarah was a very beautiful woman. Watch this. Now, you're beautiful when the Bible says you're very beautiful. And then they say beautiful, very beautiful. They saw, <laughs> they said she was very beautiful. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. Now, I did a little research and I found out that it was some, somewhat common sometimes in this day and age for people to view beauty as a showpiece. So King might would take a wife just so people can look at it and go, yeah, look, look who I got, you know. And I understand that because when I was coming up, that was really important to have a fine girlfriend, you know, somebody really look good. That's why I'm glad to have my wife. Fine. Let me just say it again. Good looking woman. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. And I, but, but not that it looks as everything in the world. I understand that, okay? So I don't get, don't get hung up on that. But I'm making a point. This is a, this is a profound moment where he's aware that this kind of thing can happen. Uh, but there's this strange thing he's forgot. God is on his side. He doesn't have to lie. God will give him favor and God will give him grace. So watch what happened. And there's what I call... There's a consequence for it, and God is waiting for him to live through that consequence. So he tells a lie, and God goes, okay, all right, you got to live through that. That's going eh, to take a little while. Sometimes you can make a decision. God's plan is to bless your life, but he goes, you made a decision to do something now that's going to delay your blessing and bring consequences that I didn't want you to have. So I want you to see what God had in mind for him. 
Look at verse 16. This is really a surprise because he's told a lie, but watch how he's rewarded for a season. Despite the lie, God still gives him a reward. Verse 16. So the king treated Abraham well for her sake, for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle and male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. And so the king is just giving him stuff. Hey, I'm going to give you some servants. I'm going to give you some donkeys. I'm going to give you some camels. you got a fine sister. So I'm going to look here. We're going to be family. So he's, he's, and Abraham is taking all this stuff. Abraham is saying, all right, there you go. Well, thank you. I appreciate the donkeys. I mean, he is saying nothing. See, sometimes you lie by inference. You don't say it. He's not saying anything. He's just letting him believe a lie. He should have said, King, she's not mine. She's really my wife. But, but that's going to cut off all the stuff, so he doesn't. Secondly, notice, eventually, though, he's caught in verse 17. And this is important because the king finds out and the king comes to him and says, hey, man, what, what, what happened? What happened? What, what, why'd you lie to me? Why, why did you lie to me? Why did you put me in this awkward place? Listen to verse 17. The Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife. So Sarah summoned Abraham. What have you done to me? He said, why, why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you, why did you say she's my sister so that I took her to, to be my wife? I was going to marry this girl. And you let me do this. Why would you do that to me? Now, this is important because this is the moment where you see how incredible his decision was. Now, what's amazing is 11 years after this first lie, he's going to lie again. You're going to see that when she's 86 years old, and he's, I'm sorry, he's 86 and she's 76, they're going to tell the same lie again. Now, so this is an incredible pattern when he's in crisis that he tends to lie. And I, I want you to get the sermon notes, because in the sermon notes, I have all these footnotes for you and things you can go look up and be great for you to do a little research on your own. But I want you to notice in chapter 20, he tells this lie again several years later. and said, now Abraham moved on from there until the region of, of Negev, which is the south, and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Ger. Those are things you don't like to read, right? Just unnecessary big words, right? <laughs> but he's just telling you where he went geographically. Verse 2, and there Abraham and his wife Sarah, she, again, she said, she said she's my sister. This is Genesis chapter 20. So here he is lying again. Now what's interesting is God intervenes this time. Remember in the first story we saw, uh, the king found out had all kinds of diseases come into his family and life. And now in chapter 20, he's lying a second time. And the Bible said, then Abimelech, king of Ger, sent for Sarah and took her. Now, why did he take her? Because again, he's going to make her his wife. But God came to Abimelech in a dream and basically said to him, I'm going to kill you, don't you do that. And he, said, and he stopped him before he could take her as his wife. And, and he the guy prays, Abimelech prays to God and says, listen, you know, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I, I was deceived. I, I, I didn't know. This, I, 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 he told me it was his wife. Now, what's fascinating is the repentance of this guy is absolute. If you want to see that, you can look at chapter 20, verse 4. Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent man, nation? Did, did he not say to me, she's my sister? And he basically pleads. Now, here's what you see. True repentance is a change of direction. It's not just saying, I'm sorry. This is a guy who's praying, he's communing with God, and what's fascinating is he prays, 
And, and this is what this conversation that he has with God is going to be amazing because remember, Abraham is the godly guy. He's the father of faith, father of faith. Hebrews 11 says a lot about him. The Bible talks about him in the book of Galatians. I mean, this is a guy who, who was known for his faith. But when it came to this temptation, he couldn't. And it was almost like over his head was flying this temptation that would come at him and, and land on his mind. And he just couldn't help it. He could not help it when it came to this one issue. He was afraid someone was going to kill him because his wife was so pretty. Well, in verse 7, here's what God says to him, to Abimelech, the king. Now return the man's wife. Here's the next words that are amazing for me. For he is a prophet. For he is a prophet. Wow. So a prophet can have a problem with lying. A believer in God can be a liar in and, and, and certain circumstances. Is that you? You're not really that truthful up close if someone knows all the facts. Abraham was a man who struggled with telling the truth when he was under pressure, when he was facing a famine, when he was isolated. Watch what happens. The Bible says, and when you, I want you to know he's a prophet, and this part gets me in verse 7, and he will pray for you. Chapter 20, verse 7 of Genesis. He said he'll pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Strong words. Now, what's amazing is the guy who told the lie is still considered to be a prophet. You don't lose your prophet status because you're imperfect. You do pay a price for it, though. And eventually he will pay a price. And so will the whole nation. All of his descendants will pay a price. Israel is still paying a price today because of the choices he made back in those days. But I want you to notice with me in verse 8. The next morning, early in the morning, Abimelech summoned all of his officials and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Now, I, I think this is amazing. Abimelech calls in Abraham, rebukes him in verse 9 through verse 10, and says, hey, man, how could you do me this way? Then watch his excuse in verse 11 of chapter 20. This is really amazing. Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place. He made a judgment that I can lie to them because they don't know God anyway. There's no... It's amazing how he had this religious, arrogant attitude that says, I can tell you where you stand with God because you don't go to my church, because you're not a part of my group or my tribe. You don't sing songs like me. You don't dance like me. You don't have a drum in your church. You don't shout. You don't fall out. You don't pray like this. You don't pass communion the way we do. He had this whole view. You don't dress like we do. So you don't even know God. He made a judgment and he was wrong. The man had a relationship with God that he couldn't understand. Verse 11. Then he replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister. Watch this now. The daughter of my father, though not of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God, and he's kind of saying, well, you know, it is kind of half true. It's kind of like, you know, ain't all the way in there. <laughs> Boy, that's a common one among believers. Common. Boy, half truths, not always in. You kind of have to ask three or four more questions. Verse 13, when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you should show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he's my brother. If you love me, girl, don't tell him you're my wife now. If you want me to live, they're going to kill me. Cut my neck off. 
lie for me, if you love me. It's amazing how people pull you into their sin. They pull you into their compromise. Some of you are there right now. You, you're in the compromise with somebody. Set all your values aside, all the things you believe aside to make them okay. Wow. Well, verse 14 is more surprising. The Bible said this, Then Abimelech brought sheep and camels and male and female slaves and gave them to Abram, and he returned to Sarah, his wife. Now, what's amazing is God in his sin still blessed him. God's grace was still in his life. I don't believe God always stops blessing you because you get it wrong. Here's what I love. He repented and got it right. He never lied again. That was the end. The second lie was the final lie. Is this your final lie? Have you come to the end of the lies and the end of the deceit? Have you said to yourself, I'm not going to fool myself another day? There are times in life when you have to change. And God was waiting on him to get through all these distractions and all these things in his life so that he could get him to the best place. And in this moment, after God's given him cattle and then in verse 16 gave him money, all that, now this guy prays this prayer. Here's the prayer. I love this. Verse 17, then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female slaves, so they could have children again. For the Lord had kept all the women in Abimelech's household from conceiving because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. So here is God restoring him. Here is God blessing him. Now, there's some lessons in this I want you to take home with you. Okay. And there's about there's a few. Number one, you 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 miss God's best when you lie and and you always pay a heavier price. But somehow in the midst of it, God's waiting for you to bless you. That's the second lesson. The first lesson is you miss God's best. The second lesson is he's waiting to redeem you. In the midst of his failure, God redeemed him. To me, that's good news because all of us can relate to that. So is God waiting on your family? Is he waiting on you to stop all the distractions? Is he waiting on you because God wants to bless and empower you? You know, sometimes you can miss out on God's best because you are so distracted by all the things in your life. That sometimes you miss the great things he wants to put in your life. Some of you are distracted. Some of you have allowed somebody to come into your life and pull you away from your values. And I think there's a time that God wants to bring you to where he can bless you. And that's what you're going to see in the rest of Abraham's life. You see, the next sermon I'm going to deal with this issue is God waiting to give you his best because right now it's not safe. Up until now, up until chapter 20, when he told the final lie and came to that final place, now he's qualified for what God has for him. He's almost 100 years old, though. He's waited a long time. We're going to see him have a child for the first time in about a year from now. We're going to see God open up opportunities for him, but he had to wait for him to get past all the distractions. That's what I talked about the last time we were together, how God waited for him to get past Lot, waiting for him to get past family, waiting for him to get past the things that, that really bothered him, you know, the things that he allowed to come into his life take his time, his money. And I'm telling you, for some of you, God is sitting there saying, man, it's been 50 years and you're still struggling. You're still not letting me in your life. I want to get my best to you, but I can't get it to you this way. I want to pray for you. 
I want to pray that you can walk again, exercise again, look better again. I want to pray that you can you can lose the weight, lose the lose the fear, the insecurity, save some money, be healthy, get along with people, develop a few friends, travel around. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit can help you get rid of all the guilt and the shame, all the things you didn't do right. Cast that from you. Stop talking about it. Bury it in the backyard or wherever or bury it way down the road somewhere and let it go. I'm praying that God can get his best to you. But you must stop lying to yourself. You must stop allowing the distractions to control you. And you must make sure you are ready to go now. He's waiting for you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray today for those who've heard this message. May it lift their lives to a new place. May these few minutes we've been together inspire them to hear you and learn from this man's life. I give you the praise and the glory for the difference you will make. I also pray for those who don't know you as Savior, who've never given their lives to you, you've been waiting on them to surrender their life. Let this be that moment when they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for being with me today. Thank you for your part that you play. I want to praise, praise God that you've allowed me to be in your life for these few minutes. If you would please, if you're interested in starting a life with Christ and that's your desire, right down on the screen, there's something that's going to pop up and say, just let us know that you're raising your hand saying, I want to give Christ my life. Or type it in the chat if you're on, on a live chat right now where you can. Just type it in the chat and say, I want to give my life to Christ. If you're watching us on demand and you don't have the opportunity to do it at this moment live, email me at pastor at overcoming byfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Tell me that you want to give Christ your life. You want some information about how you can start your life with Christ. I'll send you some information to help you do that. And I want you to know that I really care. I really appreciate it. And I hope that when you're in town, you'll come and see us in person. First and second Sunday is live services. And uh, throughout the year on third Sundays, we have special event Sundays. So look at the calendar. We'll tell you when those are available. And also I want to say every Every second Sunday, we have a men's service that's at 8 o'clock online and also in person. You can come to either place. We have so many things that you can come be a part of online and in person. You don't have to just come physically here if you're out of town. We even have membership for people who are out of town. So all that's available to you. Reach out to us. If you have more questions, email me again at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Or check out our website and our app. I hope you download our app if you've never done that. Overcoming by Faith Ministries app is phenomenal. Everything is in your hand. It's right there on your phone. Thousands of people have done it. You can get the app and it can be a blessing to you and you can put it, pull the word of God out of your pocket. It's really great. So thank you for being with me. I'll see you next time. And let me just say this as I leave. Thank you for all you support. It's a value and appreciate it. Thank you so much. God helps you help us and we make a difference in the world together. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Well, I pray you are blessed by today's message. You know, Abraham told two lies and they got him in a lot of trouble. He lied to himself, not only about that, but other things we didn't really go into. But he lied about Hagar. He lied to himself, allowed himself to think it was okay to go and get his maid as his, as his bride and have a baby with her. And go. he went along with stuff that just wasn't true. Are you doing the same? If you've been lying to yourself, this is the time for you to make that decision, to turn around and tell yourself the truth. The Bible says, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a time of healing for them, a time where they face the truth so they can receive all you have for them. And I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. If you like the message, link it and send it to a friend. I appreciate you being with us today. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.